All right, for those of you guys hopping in the pod today, if you're curious how this works, uh, this beginning section, I mean, it is immediate. I hang up with Eric Johnson, and then I flap right back around to the beginning of this pod. Yes, I flap like I fly back to the front of this podcast, and I record this segment where I tell you how much fun it was to record this podcast with Eric Johnson. He's the one who's going to be joining joining us uh, on this pod, and we talk about a lot of fun stuff. We got another big data segment. For those of you that I know love this, shouts out to Patrick Sweeze. I know that he is a big fan of the big data, so this is for you. This is also for all of our other content whores and what they are statistic whores and what they need in the league to get their fix. So it's a great podcast. It really is full of some good stuff. We talk about the averages of RBs from week to week. We talk about the averages in the league where that's fluctuated over the course of the last two, three weeks. We talk about week seven and what it was uh, almost essentially like a fantasy football power outage of sorts. It was just an emotional roller coaster. Week seven was. And, uh, and then we even discuss a little bit about week eight. We talk about playoff implications. We talk about a lot of sweet, good things. Eric J's got a good five topics at the end of the podcast that I really think all of you guys should listen to as it both is funny and enjoyable, but I think very important and crucial for everyone moving forward into the playoff picture. We've got things to say about everybody, so that I hope everybody enjoys it. You definitely get a mention in here if you're a part of the Fantasy Football Club. So I love you. Um, you're special. And... I think we cooked up some really good stuff for you. If I had a Panda Express equivalent to compare it to, I think we cooked up some nice wet chow mein and some fire rice, and it's partnered with some juicy Beijing beef as your third item, some honey walnut shrimp as your second item, and the mainstay, orange chicken, right at the the core of the meal. So hope you guys enjoy. I know it's going to be a great podcast. Love you all. See ya. Your boy Eric J with us. Eric J, you want to say what is up? Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, <laughs> Kawhi Leonard. Hey, hey, hey. hey what did you do, baby? <laughs> We're here. Uh, We're excited. That's great. It's great. Um, I, uh, Eric, Eric, do you want to do you want to warm up the pod by any? Do you want to warm up your mic with anything specific? No, the hey, hey, hey is my warm-up. Okay, that was perfect. Anyways, we're not doing another segment here. So, yeah, we're on the pod. You know how it goes. And um, I did want to discuss with Eric J what I've been up to today for Mm -hmm. all of our pod listeners just as we kind of get the vibe here, get the energy up. Uh, I do have bourbon, and rumors have been swirling. Is Benjamin Pompelli an alcoholic? Oh, wow. Uh, you know, listen, <laughs> they're swirling, but uh, I will I will confirm. I, I only drink really during the pod, and uh, I and then whenever I go out to a nice a nice restaurant. So, mm-hmm. I feel like that's not alcoholism. I feel like no. you get your best content. <laughs> I when hope it's not. You drink, right. and that's what I've been trying to explain to the people at work. Is <laughs> with you, I do my best work when I'm drinking. You gotta let they me drink. Seem, they don't seem to buy yeah, that yet. Drink. So yeah. Um, okay, so actually, spa- uh, section one. I went to 
uh, let's see, Jeff Ruby's the other day. Oh, a personal favorite of mine. Um, Excellent. It's definitely the best restaurant I've ever been to, best restaurant experience I've ever been to, uh, been a part of. And, um, I mean, I was absolutely floored by that. I had a white Russian as my, as my drink of choice. When I went up to the bar, I saw that they had absolutely everything. So I said, white Russian, give me that. And, uh, it was 18 and a half dollars. So I, yeah, very brutal. Just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but but it's so good. It's my favorite steakhouse for sure. It was absolutely amazing. I've ever had it been there. Best meal I've, I've ever had. So that, that happened. Excellent. But. I want to put Eric J into my shoes. Uh, I was so tomorrow is Halloween. Everybody, happy Halloween if you're listening to this. And all of my coworkers, the teller line, wanted to dress up. Okay. Um, okay. It is worth noting that no one else in the bank is dressing up. Uh, none of the none of the big bosses or none of the CEOs, CFOs, none of them will be participating. This is surely just our teller line. Getting the Halloween momentum going. So, first question, Erite, do you participate? Are you peer pressured into a themed costume? There is a costume contest at my work tomorrow for our team. I will not be participating, hey. and I was not pressured to. Okay. So, mm-hmm. feeling good about it. Not really a dress-up kind of guy, so feeling pretty good about not doing that. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, we wore a tie today. It was very uncomfortable. And I jumped all over the opportunity to wear sweatpants and call myself the Tin Man from Wizard of Oz. So Ah, gray pants, gray sweatshirt. We're going to be stapling or duct taping the heart on to my chest. I will have a a tin tin thing on my head. Uh, Yeah, so I've been spray painting an axe, spray painting some a funnel on my head, and doing all that fun stuff. So that's you've been been. doing that, or Gray Sand has been helping you. So that's the deal. I thought (laughs) Gray Sand was going to do more of this thing, but I've ended up doing all this. I've ended up doing everything. Freaking got a. For, for me and Eric J only, I had to print out a heart, oh, wow. and I'm going to be coloring this and then filling in the clock, if you're familiar with the with the, yeah. with the movie. With so, the just, uh, it's not, I don't like being behind on things and knowing that this has to be done by tomorrow, and I'm showing up to get coffee with a friend of mine tomorrow morning, and he's going to be like, what's this clown doing wearing <laughs> effing tin thing on his head and a sweat, sweatsuit on, so... <laughs> Yeah. That's actually really good, though, because never once did I take this opportunity as the perspective of what dumb costume can I put on that's just going to be a comfortable outfit wow. and get me out of wearing stuff at work. I wish I would have taken that mm-hmm. tactic because then I also could have done a similar move and showed up to work tomorrow in sweatpants or something, but right. totally fine. Right. So I'm regretting that. I think you're a wise man for opting uh, at that opportunity, and I'm going to bank it in my memory and try and pull that off. It's in there. It's in there, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I will say shouts out to Whitfield Academy for really teaching. And Connor, obviously, shouts out to you. He would know all this. Whenever there was a spirit day or any kind of high school, event you probably know this as well you just throw on a jersey you say you're an NBA basketball player you say you're something just to get out of uniform it's just it's just the necessities okay so that's that's where I learned it it's just in my blood so that's what I've got going on so I've been working on today uh, I'm a little tired I but love it I we get that. to move on and we are going to discuss week eight the the happenings the storylines what did and what did not happen uh, we will start. Uh, I don't know how yours is lined up, but I wanted to start with. Let's see. Let's start with Isaac. The Isaac and the Isaac and Scruff McGruff matchup. 
Yes, big matchup. Yeah, so we've got Isaac. I wanted to ask you, do you think that his luck, uh, I mean, do you think this matchup was just all luck for Isaac or with a 135-point outing? Or do you think Scruff McGruff just put up, uh, I mean, with 119, it's respectable, but is Isaac team? is Isaac's team actually to be feared? Mm-hmm. That's a big question. Um, I think, you know, and we'll touch on this a little bit in big data, but Isaac is pretty much the luckiest team in the league. Wow. Um, I love personally hearing that yeah. because obviously I've heard a lot of that right. coming my way, and I do have my, my luck, but win streak right. freaks. Mm-hmm. You've got the staple as the fantasy football guy's favorite child, but from my eyes, that favorite child has got to be Isaac because <laughs> if you look at the points against, he's basically playing Evan every week mm-hmm. from a points mm-hmm. perspective, which is the worst team in the league. He's coughing up every week. How could you not have a 5-3 and three record at that point? Right. But this week specifically was a big one in terms of a chance for Scruff McGruff to pull himself into that elite 2 or 3 category or fall back a little bit below that and for Isaac to move up, which ended up happening as Isaac won. Can't call this one luck as much as Isaac scored well above the week average mm-hmm. and Scruff didn't drop a turd or anything like that. I mean, 120 was is right there in the thick of it. Right. So can't call this week in particular luck. I'd say this is almost an anomaly for Isaac to play someone who's going to put up that level of points. But his team rose to the challenge. Yeah. So do you think it's a team to be feared going forward? I don't know. It depends how much do you, do you value that luck. I mean, are you afraid to fight the fantasy football gods? Sometimes there's nothing you can do. You don't want to mess with the gods. You don't want to mess with the gods. Right. And it is worth noting that he does have Drew Brees on his bench that did go off for 34 points. And, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Manuel Sanders, or not Manuel Sanders, uh, whatever his name is, Sanders. Um, it is Miles Sanders from Philadelphia. So it's just interesting. We'll keep our eye on those pieces as we move forward. But uh, we'll get into the big data about Isaac and his team and what mm-hmm. to look forward. But we'll move on to the uh, likes and Kevin's matchup. Kevin really putting himself in the lead here with a 7-1 and one, uh, ranking is, uh, and we, we can discuss this later, but I personally want to talk about is Luke Warford spiraling? Is he spiraling? I think he's spiraling. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think Luke's going down. I think you look at his team. I mean, he's just struggled with injuries, which has been unfortunate. He's had Saquon in and out. He's had Mahomes in and out. And I think you look at the mental state of him as well. I mean, he's in the group me almost every other day. Mahomes could be available. Anyone could be available. seems like he's sweating a little bit, and I feel bad for him. Um, So it feels like mentally he's spiraling, although I think his team is still pretty good. I mean, it's interesting. This matchup is basically just the exact same score as Isaac and Scruff's matchup. It's 135 to 119, almost the exact same score. So a respectable outing from Luke without, without Mahomes able to play. So, I mean, yeah, he scored 120 with 11 from Brissett. I mean, you figure Mahomes goes out there and gets 14 more than that. I mean, he's right there with Kev. Right. So I think he's spiraling from a mental perspective and from a record perspective, unfortunately, but I think his team is still solid. So there's still a chance to bounce back. With Kareem Hunt to come off the suspended list and Mahomes to return in this season. Yeah, I didn't think about that. You got to stay strong. You got to stay strong. And he's got Keenan Allen on his bench, played him on his bench. And it was actually funny. He played him on his bench, and it was the actually the right move. So it was interesting. I mean, he would have got maybe .4 out of him instead of Alshon Jeffrey, but it's just, oh, I'm sorry. He could have put him in his flex. He should have flexed him. Yeah, but still, that's him. only like four points. Yeah, it's still so only four points. But it's, it's, maybe we should be talking about Keenan Allen more. Maybe what's the deal there? But 
Yeah. We'll move on to the we'll move on to the Swiss Alex Cook matchup, and uh, Swiss is not going to be able to eke out a win here, right there at that at that one eighteen, and Cook putting up a one forty six. Uh, who are you worried about more here, Sweezy going four to four or Cook drop or like he got the win? But I mean, mm-hmm. at six and two, are we still worried about his team teetering on and off of this by one by two week in the playoffs? Yeah, I, I still think Cook's got to be one of the best teams, if not the best team in the league. Okay, um, and I've been pretty adamant from early on that I'm not really a supporter of the P. Sweezy team. I did not think their team was very good early. I consistently yeah. had them <laughs> low in the rankings, and they've managed to eke their way to a 4-4 four and four record. Okay. Um, so that's a team that, as I look up and down his roster, I'm still not, I'm still not really scared of. Um, yeah. Would be much more worried about Cook, who just seems to just be rattling off points. I mean, he's had some down weeks, but most weeks he's just out here crushing it. His team is deep. I like almost everyone on his team, and he's got a lot of people with high ceilings who can go off. Plus, he's freaking got the Pats. That's what I was about to say. Pats three is like an extra like RB one. Yeah, They're unreal. Nuts. It's the that highest. Is. I forget that they went through the stats on Bill S's pod, yeah. and I can't remember what the numbers were. But they went through like at this stage, what was the most points ever scored by a fantasy defense? And the pages, it's like unreal. They've like doubled the next place. Oh. It was something outrageous. Like it's it's the most unreal defensive fantasy performance of all time. So that's doesn't show any signs of slowing down. The Patriots schedule is soft, so I don't like. I would still be very worried about Cook's team. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't know this prior to the NFL season, but the Pat schedule was soft, and we knew that, but we didn't know how soft. We didn't know how soft mm-hmm. up against Miami that was going to be. We didn't know how soft it would be. Um, playing against the Jets. Yes, exactly the Jets, and I guess we know that they're in the same division, and we know that they're important in their matchups, obviously. But we didn't know they were going to be that bad, and that is what right. I think has kind of tipped this team over. But yeah, Sweeze, the storyline here is he's just had to manage getting Aaron Rodgers and him finally doing well is great for this team. But Todd Gurley is the squeaky wheel on this offense, and so is Joe Mixon, and those guys that you can't trade away a squeaky wheel. You have to ride it out until it gets true again. And then once it gets true, maybe you stick with it or you trade it then. But until then, you have to ride it. So I give him credit for just leaving Joe Mixon on the bench. He's been crap absolutely all season. So leave him down there. He went off for 17, which I think is a blip of hope and maybe a blip of light for this person. I mean, for Tiz, or not Tiz, for Patrick moving forward, maybe fitting him in his flex, flex in the future. But. Mm-hmm. I just think I don't know. It's uh, there's a lot of things that's got to happen right for this team for them to get it going. And Aaron Rodgers is one of those, so it's going right. And if Joe Mixon can keep that up, that's going right. But he has to get uh, Gurley to go right. He's got to get Carson to stay good. He's got to have Galladay stay good. And I mean, I do. I mean, him discuss this over at the table. Uh, McLaurin uh, from the. Washington D or offense, he is amazing. He's actually been fantastic with targets and catches, but he can't turn it into yardage because the offense for the Redskins is absolutely terrible. And that's unfortunate because I do think come next year, McLaurin will be a great pickup depending upon how the offense changes, who they hire for the offensive coordinator position, or if they get a better quarterback. I just, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a beast out there. So yeah. yeah, you bring up a good point. He does have some depth, like with Mixon on the bench, Singletary on the bench. He's got a couple RBs. Like Mixon and Singletary both scored 
more than Gurley. Right. And Gurley really only even scored 11 because he got a touchdown. He had 10 carries for 44 yards. That's crazy. So, I mean, yeah. I guess you still have to value because we've seen it week after week. You still have to value the fact that the Rams' offense is good and it's going to get goal line touches that are going to go to him. So he seems to always be getting those touchdowns. Right. But his carries and yards have not been good. Every, so I'm still out on the girly train. If I were if I were Patrick, I'd really think about if Mixon keeps it up or even Singletary, I'd put somebody in over Gurley. Right, right. And I would say all of Gurley's points are falling to Cup. Somehow or another, they're falling to Cup, whether it's the touchdowns or the yardage. Mm-hmm. Cup is going off. He didn't have a great week. Uh, two weeks ago, which was really, really pleasing for me to see whenever I traded him away. But, I mean, he's just Went off getting, for 31 this week. Exactly. Though. He's just getting these yards. He's getting these. So I just, okay. I don't know. Um, also worth noting, A.J. Green is on his horse. He's coming on this team. So that'll be another Good play. Point. I don't think it means that, like, oh, man, we need to rethink this whole entire team altogether. No. I do think that it gives him a lot of options, and it's going to be very important how he manages, especially somebody like A.J. Green, whether you try to flip him for value while he still is yet to play, which I think is a very good move, or you ride him out and let him be potentially as good as he can be, but they don't even have Andy Dalton out there anymore. So I don't know what the chemistry is going to look like between this quarterback and A.J. So you've got to play that very, very carefully because it is going to either help you or hurt you. So Yeah, plus do you really want to – if you – actually wants to play Mixon, do you want to be that tied to the Bengals offense? I, like, are you going to trump Mixon and Green out there and feel good about you that? you got to get rid of Probably one Probably not. Yeah, you got to yeah, get rid of one of the pieces. Somebody. Yeah. That's good. We'll skip you and Connor's matchup. We're going to talk about Evan and Mark first, and then me and you will discuss our matchups in detail. Uh, do you have anything worth note for the first win of Mark? Let's go ahead and give him a round of applause. Yeah. Good job, Win. Good job, Mark. Way to get your first one. So excited win. for Mark to get that dub. And, of course, it came against Evan. We all knew it was coming. Everybody Evan knew. Was coming. knew. Everybody knew. knew. I would have bet oh, yes, in my really. bank account on Mark winning this game. Really. I would have been so confident. I was if we so... had a sports book going, <laughs> maybe something we'll look into in the future. Absolutely. But if we had a book going for this league, I would have put everything I had and just shoved it all on Mark. Speaking we of sports book, they put a bet on it. Do you think that uh, you think that yes, Evan is coughed up at this point? Do you think he's coughed up that um, dollar? Evan, Evan is an honorable man. He probably has paid that dollar. Um, okay. Okay. So I'm I'm excited to see that it cost him a little bit financially as well. But yeah. Um, um, so yeah, very. I mean, great matchup for Mark. I mean, Mark, not a, as we detailed in like one of the first big data segments was. Uh, uh, the mis- had a lot of misfortune in terms of the team <laughs> scoring against him, but was also pretty terrible as a team. Right. So it was for it was nice to see him put up a very respectable score in one thirty two and not have the person he was playing just dunk on him for like one fifty or something exactly. like that. Absolutely. So I mean, he I think uh, Mark definitely earned this win. I mean, good performances from most people on his team. Um, from Julio, I mean, playing Lashawn McCoy and managed to still win. That's an impressive feat in and of itself. Um, and then there's nothing really to say about Evan's team. Right. I mean, just total, total trash. Do you Absolutely think that, abysmal. Not a single touchdown. 61 points, the lowest points scored in the league this entire year. What do you say? <laughs> against, uh, against the worst team in the league. Against and he puts the worst in a team in the league. Um, right. Do you think Not that, a single touchdown from his team. What can you do? How does, uh, I ask you this personally. $53. How, that's what five, I was about five, to say. How does five points me? break down five. divided by 53? How does that break right. down for you? you? You paid over ten dollars in fab per point. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Oh man, oh, for the worst terrible. score of the week. Yeah. So I did want to bring up. Um, we are really happy about Mark. 
we are really happy that you got the win. And it does look like, I mean, if I was someone who was gauging the numbers and the momentum, I would say that Mark's team is on the rise, whereas Evan's team is on the decline, which is surprising because obviously Mark has nowhere else to go but up. But Evan did have room to go down, and he seems to have just speared himself down. So <laughs> I just uh, noticed that Evan changed every team yes. player on his team. That <laughs> it's so great. Yeah. It's so oh, I love it. It's um, so good. Even the bench. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's good to see Mark. Although important to bring up that it's nice for Mark, but Mark is, I would say, 100% eliminated from the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. you got to win seven. He's got a zero percent chance getting the playoffs, even if he wins out with this... only five games left. So tough, but gives him more hope at staying out of that suit. So. Yeah, exactly, and I think that's what we're really discussing now is who's going to be yep. in the suit, and man, how much would we like to see Evan in that suit? Um, yeah, I'm still be. totally confused on if we're doing one or two people in the suit. That is still maybe the biggest uh, gray area in this league. <laughs> Definitely the biggest. Is how is this being measured? We're just going to talk around it all year long, but the right. way that I have anticipated it is that the loser of the league definitely gets in the suit. The loser of the tournament of the league gets in the that's suit? That's yeah, I mean, I think everyone was under the assumption that it's end of season standing, is it? So without doubt, that person that will, will be in the suit, which could very well be Evan. Evan has the lowest point scored, and it's only up on Mark by one game. Yep. So if Mark can get a few more wins, if Evan <laughs> continues to slide, I mean, Evan's right there to get in the suit. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm feeling good because I know I'm not going to be in the suit, and I'm just dreaming about all the good stuff i'm gonna get from video and profiling it on my instagram yeah. and things of that nature i'm yeah. just gonna be milking that bad boy for years to come i'm anticipating montages at next year's draft i mean all sorts of good yeah. stuff. yeah <laughs> very good very good so um, um good for mark you know i know i love mark i'm not looking to see him in the suit so good to see him yeah. uh, getting a little battle there it makes the league more interesting too that's kind of a fight at the bottom yes absolutely absolutely um i do think that yeah, in my brain, I do imagine what we need to do is loser of the tournament, loser of the league, or whatever. Uh, they both race in a 100 to 200 meter dash, and whoever loses out of that does run the mile because a race and in the suit in the race because I want to see a full out sprint in the suit would be hilarious, like a full on sprint. Now you dogging I'm kind it of into that idea, you dogging it at a seven, eight, nine minute mile that'll be fun and we'll laugh at it but the full-on sprint to try to get out of the mile is what's going to be honestly i love this idea i think because not only then it's double shame because not only is it like now i have to run this mile but everyone just watched you lose a race to somebody (laughs) (laughs) now you're already what are we we in middle school right now it's absolutely hilarious everyone's already laughing at you you're probably gassed because you just gave everything you had in this sprint now you gotta hit this mile in this suit like what did you Ejecting experience. <laughs> I love it. I'm into it. I'm, I'm big into that. I would love to see like Mark race Evan yes. after running yes. the mile. It'd be yes. so good. I just think I We'd mean take bets on it. Oh, it'd be trying so good. to trying to get this. I don't know. Trying to get this out into the air for our league. I do think this is the best option from the gray area in which we stand. Is that both of them do lose, both of them do wear a mascot suit, and both of them do race and then mile because I don't think any of the other options that I've heard are good enough. So I'm speaking out into the air. I'm speaking it into existence in hopes that our league will receive it and then one day we'll do a vote and it will be unanimous. So please listen closely. The sprint for 100 or 200 meters is the best option. It is. 
Okay, so that's all I've got on that bit. I agree. And I like that because if by some way I miss the playoffs and lose in the tournament or something like that, I think I can dust most people in this league. <laughs> there you go. There's the and a, and a, and a sprint. <laughs> that's good. Um, and I do want to drive home one of my like last points before we run through ours and your matchup real quick. Uh, I Is it official that Evan is the worst manager in the league? Because I don't have to go too far back. Let me just... Click, 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 and I'm going to click on Evan Shacklett's team. We have Kyler Murray, David Johnson, Alvin Kamara, Mike Evans, Alshon Jeffrey, one of the top five tight ends in Waller, Emmanuel Sanders, um, I mean, Duke Johnson, uh, now Miles Sanders, who had a great game, uh, Gallup, Jimmy Graham and Prater and someone injured on his bench. Is he the worst manager for going from week five with that studded roster to a two and five 63 point outing? Yes, I think without question, Evan is the worst yeah. manager okay. in this league. Just wanted to confirm. Uh, there is, yep. yeah, just, just okay. That's that's all I had. Um, that will <laughs> yep, be you all. can't deny it. From quarterback management, which we've detailed, yes, worst manager in the league by far. Going to be very tough for him to come back with this performance he's put up this year. Yeah. It's going to soil his reputation across the league for quite some time. That's my, that might be my favorite part. Is going into next year. I mean, I I don't. Oh, man. I, Eric, just one again. One last thing before we go into your matchup. I, I was sitting with him on the couch at Tusca when he looked me in the eye and he said, I'm going to win this week. I guarantee that I'm going to win this week and that I'm going to make the playoffs. The man How said, many times do we have to hear this guarantee? Every effing week. <laughs> it's ridiculous. At some point, you just got to you just got to take it in, and now he basically has to win out to make the playoffs or even have a chance. Which, even if he won out, unless he was putting up big numbers every week, he's not going to have the point score to win the tiebreaker at seven and six, which is probably what it's going to come down to to get into the playoffs. Yeah. Is a tiebreak at seven and six? He's never going to win that. He's got the lowest point score in the league. He's the yeah. worst manager we've ever seen. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Uh, I do want to say shouts out to all our Catterham fans out there because I actually believe that in Catterham, England, they actually love Evan S. So believe it or not, I think they're big supporters. He's got his, supporters. He's got his crew. His two I mean, in our hearts, we're all supporters of Evan S. <laughs> Somehow, <but>. some way. <laughs> So All right, we'll move on to the next matchup. Do you want to talk about you and Connor's matchup? You yeah. you were able to skate by him with a 129. Yeah. He had a 108. Just got, just got in there. Big matchup. Connor, obviously a renowned manager and owner in this league. Yeah. Um, was feeling good about my chance. I mean, Connor and I were both sitting there trying not to fall to three and five. We're both trying to get to that 500 hump right. and stay in this race. So it was a big matchup for both of us. And I pretty much got big performances from most of my people. I mean, I think... Uh, everyone on my team, besides my tight end, scored a touchdown. Um, nope, Freeman missed, okay. um, but he still put up decent points. And then uh, Evans came through with a huge 37. I mean, he was just out there balling, so that really lifted my team. Yeah. And then Connor, you know, one 108, a pretty, a pretty soft performance from him. Um, he was playing Damian Williams due to Kamara being questionable, so that definitely helped me out because – I'm not scared of Williams at all. Having traded him to Connor uh, was okay to get off that train. So I picked up, I think, some favorability from that bye week. Um, but pretty scary to think about the fact, and Thielen was hurt on Connor's roster. Yeah, that's right. So that's true. That also helped me out. So pretty scary to think, though, that 
if like Kamara's back, that like he's gonna be playing McCaffrey, Kamara, and Adam Thielen, Tyler Lockett. Like what the hell? <laughs> like <laughs> is like is his team really the best team in the league? Just flying right under the radar with a little bit of depth from Cohen in the How fourth he, spot. The or... fact that he has like the two best RBs in the league, basically. Yeah. That's absurd. So yeah, I mean, unfortunately, he's had buys and injuries that haven't got him there. But I mean, this, I mean, his roster is kind of stacked. So yeah. I'm feeling blessed to have even walked out right. with that victory. And it'll be interesting to see if he can claw his way back into the playoffs, which he very well could. Yeah. He's still in it. Walk me through now. You're you're two for two. I've got an interesting stat here for you. You're two for two for playing traded wide receivers on an offense where they score a touchdown. Walk me through how you plugged in Emmanuel Sanders and from the 49ers game and and what were you thinking after this trade went through? You had him on your bench. You're like, oh, I'm going to play him. You threw him in there and he got you 10.5. So walk me through the mindset of both Antonio Brown and now Emmanuel Sanders. Yep. Um, so I was excited to plug Sanders in. Um, I'm pretty sure I got him from Evan for seven fab. Nice. Okay. Um, Because I just needed some wide receiver depth. He got traded to the Niners. Good team. Figured he'd be decent. Um, Evan initially asked me for 20 fab uh, to give you a little peek behind the kimono. Was originally (laughs) looking for 20 fab for Emmanuel Sanders, which I said no. And then after he got traded, I, this was before he got traded. Yeah. Is he offered me twenty dollars for him on the Pat Broncos, and I said I like don't want to do that. And then <laughs> once he got traded, he was telling me like, oh, you should have got him. And I said I still want to pay twenty fab for him, even on the Niners. And he was like, LOL in all caps, laughing at me. Coughed and then of course coughed, coughed him up for seven fab later on, <laughs> and I trounced him out here for a solid ten points. <laughs> So I was excited that he did good. I mean, I didn't have a lot of other options, unfortunately, um, with Zeke on by, and I didn't really want to play Landry. That The Jets have looked bad, and Jacksonville's defense is okay, so I didn't want to play Robbie Anderson. So yeah. there it was. We went, we went with the boy Sanders, and it turned out not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to finish up here with our matchup between me and Tiz. Uh, we're going to be talking mm-hmm. about Tiz later in the podcast. If you guys have a chance to listen through the end, I highly recommend it. But... Uh, but yeah, I was uh, able to get another. Yeah, tell me how you were feeling about that game. How are you feeling as it progressed? You know, you guys had some percentage swings, right? If I remember that correctly, it was kind of back and forth. It was. And you it was out. back and forth until uh, Sunday at four. You know, twenty-five. When the second game started is when it all kind of went crazy. And I know I just want to speak to all of the fantasy football watchers out there. We do our best. We got to find streams. We got to find stuff on the game. We got to do all this stuff, right? And I just wanted to paint this beautiful picture for everybody because what happened (laughs) was that I put on the 49ers game, okay? Put on the 49ers game. I'm streaming that. I've got the Bears game up here. I've got uh, got another game. uh, I think it was the New York game maybe. I don't know. Um, No, I had the Raiders game. So I was watching Jacobs. I was watching watching Coleman, and it was just – it was just a good experience. All and then I was watching the Bears, and we lost, which was a bummer. But what happened was that I watched the 49ers game, and it was in the first quarter that if one of your running backs has a touchdown in the first quarter, you're already happy. So I see Breda get a touch, Breda get a touch, Breda get a touch. They pass first down, Breda get a touch. Coleman in here, 
breaks off a 25-yarder. I'm like, all right, there he is. And then Brady gets a touch, Brady gets a touch, and then Coleman breaks off a, like, 40-yard touchdown. I'm like, this is freaking phenomenal. So we keep going into the first quarter. So if your running back has one touchdown in the first quarter, it's amazing if he has two. We fast forward. Brady gets a touch. Brady gets a touch. Coleman breaks out like a 30-yard uh, um uh, run and then they pass it downfield and then he gets a nice little nine yard carry for another touchdown. I'm losing my mind. It's absolutely <laughs> insane. So we're in the second quarter and I'm watching this game, which it really does seem like it's only been 15, 20 minutes that I've been watching NFL football and I'm catching every single touchdown from my guy, which you know the feeling if you're watching your guy, you're like 26. There he is. He made it in the end zone. This is great. So, so good. Yeah, like. Garoppolo drops back to pass. Looks like he's going to throw it onto the right slant. Turns around, drops it off to Coleman. 26-yard receiving touchdown. I am losing my freaking mind. And so I was just really, really thrilled. It was an absolutely amazing experience for me Sunday. One of the highest kind of feelings you can get when you're watching and streaming and doing all the hard work to try to watch the games as they happen. Uh, And then also for Latavius Murray to outperform um, Cook, this week was just a phenomenal experience to, to watch and be a part of as I was actually having to scrub that one and watch him get points through the sleeper app. So safety net is his name. It stayed his name. The, the philosophy has stayed the same since week two or week three, whenever the colossal trade happened and he's paid off for me now two weeks in a row. Um, yeah, really excited. So, yeah, obviously for all these things to happen. You've had some people go off these past couple weeks from Diggs yeah. going off for 40. You're both your running backs going for 35-plus, basically. Yeah. I mean, you, you've just had some people teeing off. It's like You love to see it. You, you, do, you love to see it. You uh, you just hope that it can continue because that's the real question. Is it sustainable? The answer is absolutely not, but I won't speak that into existence. The reality is that Diggs and Jacobs and Murray are all going to have 40 points next week, and that's what I'm spitting out into the sphere. That's what I'm doing. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, well, Murray on a bye. Murray on a I bye mean, is going to have 40, 40 points. 40 points on the bye. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Hey, but. your favorite one right now, based on, based on what we've seen in history, we can't deny it. It could happen. It would let not me, shock me. Let me also team. say, for all of our podcast listeners out there, I will say every single matchup. Like I will say, okay, sorry. The last three for sure. I've been in the category of the forty percent range, and I've come out ahead. I'm just saying, I love to be in the 45 percent range in sleeper projections because that's what. But now I, you're headed out the favorite this week. I you're know. Not in your I hate it. Playing from behind. I hate it. There. I don't yeah. like it. I do not like it. So we'll see what happens. That's right. Interesting um, strategy playing Ben P going forward to just pull, yeah. you know, make him a heavy favorite, <laughs> yeah. pull your stuff back till the last second, yeah, and zero then jam him in right at the end. <laughs> right at one o'clock. Yeah. It's gonna keep them off balance. They don't really know where they stand. Worth it's, a good, a, it's a good worth, mental tactic. Worth noting, I've got a couple probably unless any trades happen, which are in discussion right now, uh, I've do got a couple of Thursday night players. So we know we oh, don't right. like to have trades. those. You got some trades in the works? They're in the works, but it's just because uh, it's it's one of those hard circumstances with my team with people blowing up the way that they are. It's either you sell them while they're blowing up or you, you think that maybe this is sustainable. So I – I don't know. Diggs, for example, is someone who's jumped up into the 14th ranked wide receiver in our league. But do we all think that he's actually 14th? I don't think so. Thielen's been out. So maybe trying to sell him. I don't know. Hoping for a shootout in Kansas City on Sunday at 1 o'clock and that he gets a touchdown. But that's my team. We can talk about that later. We get to move on. We're going to move on to our... Big data segment. Uh, I'm going to give you a second. (laughs) Big data. I'm going to put it in that snippet right 
Here in this session, let us try to understand what is big data. Big data basically refers to huge volume of data that cannot be stored and processed using the traditional approach within the given time frame. Of the Chinese man talking about big data, it's really, really great. Look that snippet up on YouTube. I hope that I still I it. have it. So Eric J, with our big data section, what is big data? What have you found All right. in big data? So we'll start with some big data review of just the league as a whole. So if you'll remember from our last big data segment, uh, league average was setting at around 120 points for the week. And we were one of the things we were asking was, are we going to see a drop off as buys start to come in? Is 120 still our norm? Is that still a number to plug yourself to? Or are you going to see a drop off? So the average for week seven and week eight was only 112, 112. which brings our league average down to 118 now over yeah. eight weeks. So not a huge drop, um, but a slight drop in the league average scoring. And I will say all of that drop is coming from week seven. Our most okay. pitiful week as a league by far. Average point scored in week seven was 101. Okay. On that point, abysmal. Uh, on that point, there's something about week seven also where I do want to, and I, I guess I want to throw it in as it may be week seven is the bye week nationally in our league for content from year to year. I don't want to say that's a fact, but there was something that happened on week seven, something about the emotional output, maybe even the effort that we've all put forth for seven straight weeks that maybe we just need to shut it down for we a week. We just need to reset. We no, need to reset. Like, yeah, no pod, no power rankings, no nothing. Just shut it down. Don't it talk about it. And it, it really was. It was very dark, but I... Yeah. I <laughs> We, we managed to get by, and now we're in week eight, but you're right. Week seven was abysmal. Continue. Yep. yep. So week seven, big drop-off, but strong performance in week eight with 123 points per game average. Um, so we everyone got their reset, it seems like, and stepped up big time this week. So it will be interesting to continue to see with more bye weeks as more rosters kind of get settled as trade deadline approaches. Is 120 still? It feels like 120 ish is still going to be the number. Yeah, it's not guess. off. You know, yeah. by weekend, feels like 120 is still going to be kind of the number to shoot for. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting. The other thing I would like to highlight um, is just to get into a few movers and shakers from uh, a team perspective. Now yeah. we're, you know, dive a little bit deeper into the teams. So previously, we had Mark as kind of the unfortunate son of the league where he had the most points scored against him. Uh, but now we have a new holder of that record. So now our boy Like has had the most points scored yeah. against him in this league uh, with teams averaging 131 points per game against him, which if that were a person would have the most points scored in this league. Wow. Better than Cook. Yeah. Better than anybody. Nice. So so Like's catching some bad luck. Uh, Mark's uh, fortunately started to come come back to earth a little bit as well as having put up some good performance of his own. Um, so you can look at the bad luck of like, and then as we highlighted earlier, really contrast that against the good luck of Isaac, who by far has the lowest point scored against teams are only scoring a hundred points per game against this man, a mm-hmm. hundred, the lowest by far in the league. That's like playing Evan every single week. Yeah. Okay. There you go. There you what have a blessing. <laughs> what a blessing that would be to go up against that man every week. And so that you look at Isaac staying in fourth place and you look at that stat and start start to wonder a little bit about how long that's going to hold. 
can, I mean, maybe it will. You never know. Those streaks can can go for a while. I mean, he is the win streak freak, but a large part of that win streak appears to be to just be luck um, from his opponents just throwing up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Total turds out there. <laughs> That's good. It's good to note. I will say that uh, I think it's interesting for all our listeners out there. It is important to look at points for and points against, not for just the sake of, okay, where are you going to make it in the standings if a tie were to happen mm-hmm. or anything like that? It just helps you get a gauge because I think even you pointing out that Luke has against him 10-55 and Cook has 10-43 in favor of him. And what a 10-43 record can do for you is put you at 6-2, and two. whereas a 10-55 record can do to you is what we saw as Luke's team. Yeah, it's solid. Maybe it's got some weak spots, but it puts you in the 3-5 and five category, and that's just because people are teeing off. That's just that's how, right. it, and so it's just the difference is is six and two and three and five. Where do you want to be? Obviously, right. you want to be six and two. But when it switches like that, it's just worth, I guess, taking note of and maybe even in detail. You look at your matchups. Who are you playing this week? Look at their points for. Look for their points against and see where they kind of land. I will say it's worth noting. I guess like an important aspect of points four is okay what does this matter to me how can I even change it what does it mean if I go off and score the lowest points or what does it mean for me if I go off and get the highest rating score I got back to back now um, so humble brag but the leading scorer and what that means is on average if you were to take the average of both weeks I think it's like 15 points so for two weeks at 15 points above everybody else that gives me a a, a scoot of 30 points up that I wouldn't have been otherwise. And if you were to take 30 points off of my score or even cut it in half and said you just averaged like seven points above everybody and seven points again for an average of 15 or 14, then you cut me down and I'm 855, which is the lowest scoring by six points second, in the besides league. Evan. Yeah, besides, besides Evan. Besides Evan. Scoring point in the so league. it's just, I don't know, It's it, all I'm saying is if you want this number to change or you want these statistics to change, look for you to have big outputting numbers of, like we've said, the average is somewhere in the range of 118 right now. So when you overproduce that, that means that you're jumping in your points for and creating separation through the other people in the league. Obviously your record will do that, but – that's what you're looking for is big point outings, maybe 130. You can look at your points for to jump you up a little bit. And then in your points against, obviously, if someone goes off for the same thing above 130, if you will, then you can look for that to increase in your category as well. So absolutely. in a perfect absolutely. world, you drop 130 and then you play Evan and he gets you 70 points and you start to level right. out. <laughs> doesn't always yeah. happen. And so important to also highlight, I think, that Evan is now the lowest point scorer in the league, whereas Mark before, Evan is firmly in last place, averaging less than 100 points per game. Only thing separating them is literally a win. Yep. That's it. So if, if Mark wins and Evan loses this week, odds are that Evan will end up at the very bottom of the standings. Gotcha. Um, with Evan at the very bottom of the rankings and running potentially in the mascot suit, uh, discussion for removal of Evan Shacklett from the league are valid. Anybody? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But it's, it's fun. It's, it, they will be heard. <laughs> they will be heard and listened to and laughed at. So um, that's 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 great. Oh, okay. I love it. So that's, yeah. So some real interesting stuff. So 
um, you know, I would hold on to kind of the, that 120 number as we're continuing to look at your team throughout the season yeah. and, you know, some of that team performance. Right, absolutely. Uh, you, you found a hidden stat in our league that we've yet to accomplish as a unit. We pride ourselves in a great fantasy football league. We call ourselves the Fight Club Fantasy Football League. What is it that we've missed the mark on from week to week, Eric? What have you found? Yeah, so this is a call to the league to get their shit together <laughs> because we are an elite league. The competition here is tough. We're producing content. We're producing culture. Doing we're a doing lot of it stuff. all. Right. We have not had a single week where everyone has scored triple digits. Hundred we have piece. Come brutally close <laughs> to everybody triple piece. We have missed it in three separate weeks. We've had everyone but one person do it. Two of those weeks, it was Evan. Okay. One of the, one of those weeks, it was Connor. Okay. And in two of those instances, one for Evan and one for Connor, they were at 95 and 97 points, respectively. So we were right there. Right and this there. week was actually this week was actually one of them. Evan coughed up 61 and everybody else triple digits. Oh, gosh. So we have come so close as a league. So I would love for us all in the next five weeks of regular season play to just step up, just yeah. pick a week, and let's just drive it home, do your <laughs> research hit the wires let's get it in and let's just get this triple digit so everyone can be happy and that's right good. That's right. We can't have people leaving people on their bench with 30 points. We can't have it as a league. It. We can't. All right? Look we can't afford it. Make good decisions. All right? Jeez. Um yeah, good stuff there. A good goal for us to look for uh, achieving in the future. Uh the our, our our last and I think most crucial big data Stat is um, is what Eric has found in the RB situation. If you are thin at the RB or if you have RBs and you're curious, what can I expect from them week to week? Eric J is going to give you a spiel on what you would want out of them. Eric J, hit him with the deeds. Yes, brother. absolutely. So for our second piece of big data this week, I wanted to deep dive into the RBs, what we continually hit on as the most important position what everyone scoops up in the first round this will make or break your season right so i wanted to try and deep dive how many points on average are rbs expected to get what do you need to get from them what's the trend been like this year so an important note as i'm gathering this data i'm only looking at who you're playing in your two rb slots so if you're flexing your best rb might not be capturing that here and i don't have time to kind of dig through everyone's and see if they were flexing that was just outside of my scope of time that i had Um, but i'm assuming most people aren't doing that that most people are playing there's in the rb slots so what i discovered was on average for the year year as a whole right at 16 points per game is average for each one of your rbs so in total that would be 32 points that you need from your RB, which was interesting to think of as a gauge of just, okay, I'm looking at the two people I'm playing. Do I think they can go out there and get me 32 points? You know, when I was playing Zeke and Derrick Henry, yeah. Yeah. When I was playing Devonta Freeman and Duke Johnson, no. 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 (laughs) So so it's interesting, and it also kind of just highlights how valuable those top RBs are, where if you have someone like McCaffrey, Kamara, Zeke hasn't had, I don't think, like any huge weeks, but still been able to produce and is capable of it. Right. Those people who can tee off for almost 30 points, even 30 points or more, when that happens, you're basically set. You're yeah. basically good. You basically got what you need from those positions on most weeks to be competitive and to put yourself in a position to win. 
Um, so very, very, I think, enlightening stats in a good way. If I were other people in the league, I would kind of hold on to those numbers. We'll see how they progress throughout the year. And as yeah. you're drafting and putting your RBs, you got to think, can they give me 32? Can they give me 200 yards and two touchdowns right. between them? You know, just as a metric, obviously, you miss a touchdown, get some more yards. You know, you can move yeah, those yeah. numbers around. But high level, can they get that? Yeah. Um, so very interesting there. And the other piece of information I would highlight as I'm looking at the eight weeks is as it's gradually increased. You know, the average of late has been a bit higher than it was the beginning of the season, which I would say or hypothesize is due to the beginning of the year, people not knowing quite who's going to be good. You've got RB setting on your bench that turn out to be really good. People end up heavy at RB and end up trading some of that talent to other people. So I think in the points, you can start to see the shift as teams realize they need RB, something right. goes, they have extras, and that talent starts to get dispersed throughout the league. You kind of see those points tick up a little bit. That's good. It's good to know. I'm, I'm looking through week eight right here, and just a quick run through for those of you listening. Um, me and Tiz, I had 44, 45 points combined. Now, that was with Latavius Murray going off for above the average that you're even saying between two RBs, but it was it was 45, and then Dalvin Cook and Leonard Fournette for him collectively got 46. He actually beat me in that matchup, but he lost, which is very interesting, with a 27-point outing and then a 19-point outing. It was... Uh, yeah, it was interesting to see that he he won that matchup, but he lost the lost the match. Mark beat Shacklett. It was a twenty five and ten for him from David Montgomery and Carlos Hyde for a total of thirty five. Whereas Shacklett put up uh, a measly like thirteen. So there was that between you and Connor. You had twenty four, almost twenty five combined. He had more in his running back category, but. You managed to get the win with other categories. Mike Evans. Mike Evans, that's right. An explosion, if you will. Uh, For Cook, it was 17-9, and and it looks like P-Sweeze had more than him and wasn't able to get the victory either. The last two here, we've got Like and Kevin Wallace. He had 12 points from Nick Chubb, 24 from James Conner, putting him at a solid 36, so above that average, and Luke landing right at let's see 37 so above the average so they were close they were close yeah. and uh, kev was able to get the victory there and then our final yeah, one scratch had 39 and 5 with aaron jones and the Le- uh levion bell and then he didn't get the victory but uh isaac also had some explosions on his bench with 23 17 and 11 and 11 from the kicker and 15 from the defense so i don't know it's just interesting we mean you both i'd be very interested to see the statistics on if you win the rb battle do you win the matchups through the course of the year how Mm -hmm. close that's gotten right yeah obviously a lot that goes into that when you have wide receivers who go off for 40 in a week that's tough to overcome sometimes so it may not be the best indicator of wins but just very interesting to think about the production that you should be expecting and looking for and for trade evaluations too thinking about the points like on average you might be giving away from those rbs that you're playing and what you still need to get out of that position and can you make it up in other positions right and i even jumped back to whenever we made the trade and i was curious at the time if what i gave away in alvin Kamara, someone who has a ceiling of like 40 45 points 
uh, if giving him away, you can find that collectively maybe through the pieces that you're getting. And again, it's not all about comparing ceilings. If you're comparing ceilings, then you're going to have a hard time. It's it's the average of that, but obviously with a higher ceiling, your average increases. So you're wanting to try to figure out, I'm giving up, let's say, 60 fantasy points a week. That's a very high ceiling. That's a lot of players. But when you're receiving that back, do you think that you can average out around the same points for I don't know. Right. It's a good. It's a good basis for how to make trades. Um, mm-hmm. I don't always do it. Obviously, there's some intuition and stuff like that involved, but it's a good thing to take a look at. So. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, very interested there. We'll continue to track those stats, and then maybe I'll do some deep dives on some other positions or try and dream up something else for some That's good. big That's data segments. But the RB stuff I thought was very interesting. That's right. Big data. So just to wrap up a few points, uh, our league average last week was 112, dropped us down to 118. So be looking to achieve 118 or better to be maybe 50% of the league, if you will. And uh, and then 32 was the average from RBs. Maybe look for uh, that in your matchups. Uh, and again, yep. that is not including your flex piece. So just between right. RB1 and RB2, look for those numbers there. I'm going to give Air J. Uh, we're going to get into a segment here that I think all of us are going to enjoy. So uh, sit down, buckle up. If you've enjoyed the pod so far, it's only going to get sweeter and better. Uh, it's like honey. Uh, the bees make it and we, we eat it. It's delicious. And, uh, and we sa- eat it up. Save the, the bees. bees are, the bees are Bill S. Yeah. <laughs> save, 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 there you go. Yeah, you're right. You're right. The bees are Bill S. And he's produced a good thing for us. So Eric J, what do you want to title this? What do you want to title it? Yep. Um, we're just going to rip right from the Bill Simmons pod. So this is going to be Eric's most intriguing. Okay, Let's listen go. to the Bill S pod. Yeah. Got Mallory's most intriguing as he brings her on and talks about what she thinks are the most intriguing things going to happen this week. I find that a very good segment. It's a way to just freeform talk, which is kind of what we're about, but right. it still provides structure and cohesion to give you points and kind of move through a segment. And I so it. I thought, why not just steal that? We're not doing this. For anybody, I have no worries about stealing that from him. We're, why reinvent the wheel? We're not right. in the in that game uh, to blow up nationally. I mean, we will blow up nationally yeah. at that point. We'll have to redo the segment. <laughs> but until then, yeah. we're just spoiler steal alert, it. all Catterham right. fans. Listen, we're stealing from a better podcast than the one right. you're listening to right now. We're sorry, but you know. Right. Feel free to check out the Bill S pod. So we're going to do Eric's Most Intriguing, the same format for those who aren't familiar. I'll go through my, from five to one, my five most intriguing thoughts, questions, just kind of things I'm thinking about what's going on in the league. And we'll kind of share our thoughts on those and move through them to wrap up the pod. This is great. This is great. Um, In your number one category, I do want to, we'll start here. And I think it's. Oh, really, you want to you want to start at number one? My no, 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 I'm sorry. We're starting at number five. I'm sorry. We're working yes. our way up. We're working our way up. Yep. Um, but for our first note, point five, gotcha. uh, we all saw Alex Tisver post a mm. a video, a very gruesome yes. video, almost uh, more gruesome than Kareem Hunt. Uh, not really. Ugh. I'm kidding. But as gruesome. <laughs> Dangerous territory. There. <laughs> Dangerous territory. Um, but Hashtag me too. Yeah. Hashtag I'm with her. But uh, but there was a video footage that was leaked from TMZ of Alex Tisver deleting the sleeper app. For those of you who 
are in this fantasy football league, we use the sleeper app to do everything. Um, whether that's games, <laughs> it <is our> life. <laughs> whether it's whether it's waivers, whether it's trades, whether it's Chat. communication, we a use it for literally yeah, everything. It's, it's everything. So um, before we get into this, I mean, Tiz, buddy, I don't know what you're thinking. We're praying for you and your family. Uh, but what are you? What are your takeaways from Tisver deleting yeah. the sleeper app? Yeah, that was my number fifth thing. Was just what is the mental state of Alex Tisver? As you mentioned, we see him deleting the app. We see him posting in group me. He's sending out trade requests, trying to make moves. He seems very frazzled. There and was so a, I sense this. There was a theme. If you caught the slogan last week, it was "It doesn't matter." Was right, the yes, theme? He, he was throwing. He's joining in with Evan and Connor on concession milkshake concession. <laughs> blizzards you know he's like lumping it's himself in with them and i'm bad looking company. at the standings and i'm like you're in fifth place you've got the third almost second most points scored in this league and you're sitting in fifth place form four you know we're near out of this like what he's hitting the panic button right, right. and i'm sitting here thinking your team is still looking very solid you're putting up great numbers you're right in the thinking of that four and four you only need to go three and two through the back five weeks probably to make the playoffs you've got a great chance to win a lot of tiebreakers because you've got mm-hmm. good points scored right now so i'm like why is this man panicking which brings up the question does he have the mental makeup of a champion? Uh, that is the question. And I guess before we completely say that, uh, before he does or he does not, the reality is let's let's take the the look at the genetic makeup of an Alex Tisver. He's Absolutely. a passionate individual. Okay, he's passionate about what he does, what he doesn't do. He's passionate about it. when he does something, he likes to do it big, or he figures, why the hell are we even doing it? Okay, that's the that's what Tisver is about. Um, again, it's not everything about Tisver, but it is it is a, a deep part of it. And when you look at this little small glimpse into the fantasy world, it's I'm gonna go big, or what's the effing point? So when he stacks his lineup, when he's looking to be in the top tier teams, and he doesn't make it, he's asking himself. What's the point? Okay, it doesn't matter is what they're saying. But you got to think, obviously all the things that you just said give him the realization, I need to come back alive, I'm going to be okay. But even getting into the playoffs in this league is a big deal. So you want to talk about a passionate person wanting to achieve a big goal. Let me tell you, making the playoffs in this league is a big freaking deal. Okay. Absolutely. So I understand where he's at with this passion and it coming short of maybe his expectations, but to be a champion, what do you got to do? You got to piece together what you think is attainable, and when you achieve it, you solidify that success and that confidence, or if you don't achieve it, you thrive and you become better. Do we think Tiz has that in his genetic makeup? What I will say is he's got the passion to do it. I'll tell him he's got the passion to make it in a championship league. I don't know if I've ever seen Alex Tisver wield the championship trophy in a fantasy football league before, but I would love to see him do it in this league, just not before I do it five times in a row. Now, right, naturally. Naturally. <laughs> but do I think that he has what it takes? Because he has the passion, I think he does have what it takes. Absolutely. Yep, I agree. I think he's got the mental makeup. He's going through some ups and downs, but I think, you know, he recentered himself. I think he's back on the train, um, and I still uh, by no means have abandoned hopes of his ability to continue to perform well in this yeah. league. Um, but we will continue to monitor that situation. Sure, sure. I will say I, it's important to monitor the stats now as we move forward with someone who doesn't have the app in which we are participating fantasy football on. <laughs> Again, if his stats just drop he's, off he completely. Down. You know he's redownloaded that. Right? I really hope he so. 
Has it's, he been in the chat? Has he been in the chat recently? You know, I'll look at the chat here. I'm not. Let's see. Uh, no, no. Did he do a waiver? He, he did. Waiver he did a waiver. Mix? He did a waiver. He All right, got so he's, got, he's got the app back. He's got the app back. He's maybe strictly browser now. Maybe he's strictly. <laughs> he's strictly browser. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting in my waiver claims on the browser. That's when you hit rock bottom. <laughs> uh, Tiz, we love you. Stay Good strong, buddy. We're rooting for you. Here we go. Yep. All right, on to number four. Um, we talked about this a little bit, so we won't maybe hit on this one as long. Uh, number four, just the luck of the Isaac, if nice. you will. <laughs> you know, is Isaac is coasted to fourth place in this league, um, setting on a points allowed, as we said, of 100 against him per week. Just absurd amount of luck for the yeah. win streak freaks. But in fantasy, that's part of it. And so you can't deny it, but you can just question how long is it going to last. Five and three, you need a couple more wins to get into the playoffs. Can he ride this to like two more straight wins? Keep what view is and is he gonna be sent at seven three and be fine? Is it gonna falter and then he maybe he falls to five and five and it starts getting a little more dicey because his point scored is just okay. So I don't know. I'm very curious to see if this breaks against it breaks good this week, six and three. I mean, you're almost clinching a playoff spot. He's very close. Right, right. So it, it could go either way. So I'm very curious to see um, how long this uh, luck streak lasts for the win streak freaks. Can I tell you something, Eric? Absolutely. It's coming crashing down right now. Okay? Oh, wow. It's coming crashing down right now. Isaac, I love you as a human being, but your fantasy team does not have the makeup to make another win in this league. When I look down the list and I see Kirk Cousins, Austin Eckler, and Royce Freeman in your freaking starting lineup, I'm telling you right now, that team is going down, and they're going down fast. Okay? I've got averages for the rest of the season of maybe 100 points. Maybe. Maybe 110. Wow. And he's going so you to, are all the way out. This I'm is all, all, I love it. I'm you all the so way out. out. I love George Kittle, but man, when I look at that lineup that he played last week, and I've got the likes of Matt Breda on their team, who is going to be losing to Coleman for the rest of the season. I'm telling you, Coleman looks so much better than him. George Kittle, he's great, but he's got two pieces now of a San Francisco offense that is doing well in the running game, and he's got the bad piece of the running game. DJ Shark, he's looking all right. Julian Edelman, his explosion was 23 points. That shows you his ceiling. It's not very high. Great floor, low ceiling. Very, Yeah, exactly. Royce Freeman, Austin Eckler, these guys are trending downward because one of them is a part of the Denver Broncos, and the other one is having to share time with the likes of Melvin Gordon, who had an average game last week. Kirk Cousins, yeah, guys, I can throw the ball too. Yeah, right. The best Best hope that you got moving forward is you do have Drew Brees and Devontae Adams. If these guys shape up, then yes, I think this team can maybe eke out another win. Maybe that illustrious second win that you're talking about and get into the playoffs. But I'm telling you right now, if nothing changes here, this team is plummeting. I'm talking. Wow, so you're eight. calling them out of the playoffs. You don't have them in the playoffs right now. I don't have them in the playoffs with wow. this setup. Now, Devontae Adams is questionable right now, and Drew Brees was on his bye. He is on his bye week nine. So I don't think he gets the win this time. And I think going into his next matchup, which is... I've got it right here. He goes up against Luke this week, which we were both talking about. Probably is going to turn around with his point averages. But then for next week, for him to go up against Tiz, with all the pieces that we just talked about, I'm looking for... I'm just saying... That's two straight losses. You're calling him five and five. I'm just saying. I'm just saying we can revisit this when the time comes. It's bold, but... I like it. Not a better person in the world, but uh, but his fantasy team could is absolutely not going to get it done. I'm just saying. Wow. I love it. I love the take. I can't say I disagree with it. I see what you see in the roster. Love you. Love him. 
Love him to death. You can't start Royce um, Freeman and tell me you're going to be in the playoffs. It's not going to happen. I can't live with that kind of crap. Happen. All right, I can't. Not in this league. Not in this league. Jeez. Maybe in Brad Nolan's league you can get away with that. Not here. Nice. Good throw. Good shade. Um, moving on to number three, my third most intriguing thing, which I think this week will help enlighten. Who's really the best team in the league? I don't know if we have a clear number one right now. Is it still Cook? I don't know. Kev's got the number one record. Not the most points scored. People don't seem to think so. I look at Connor and Tiz's roster sometime and then blown away right. by the talent <laughs> I see there. And, and their point, Cook has been the man all year and is still – the man for the most part. I mean, he's still got the most points scored in the league by 30-something points, so he's got a somewhat gap there. But who, you know, I'm looking for someone this week, one of those teams, whether it's Scruff, maybe it's Tiz coming back strong, maybe it's Carm out there coming back and came, maybe it's Kev proving that he belongs in the number one spot. Looking for someone to break out this week and say, I'm the best team in this freaking league, I'm clinching this playoff spot right now, you're going to catch me there in about a month or so, you're going to catch me with a bye, and I'll see y'all in the semis. What up? What up? Who's going to say that? I want want someone to Um, do it. Um, So I'm hoping someone will grab the reins this week and just cement their place as the go-to you know, team to try and knock off when it comes to playoff time. Right, which I will say points to the matchups, and we've got Alex Cook against Tiz, which we've talked about. Tiz has depth with his league, but he's going up against Cook, who seems to just get the points somehow or another. And then we've got mm-hmm. Kev going up against Scruff. For you, if Kevin Wallace solidifies a win over Scruff McGruff with, let's say, above a 120-point outing, are you solidifying him as maybe the top dog? Or are you saying that Cook, even if Kevin Wallace gets another dub in the record column 8-1, and one, if he gets a win against a tough team like A.O. Tiz, is he the best team in our league? Yeah, I, I think if, if, if Cook puts up Another great performance and beats Tiz. I think you got to say, regardless of record, I think you got to say Cook's still the number one team. If Cook seems to drop a little bit this week, falls to six and three, Tiz beats him, Kev puts up a really good performance, I think there's a case that, that you could say Kev's top dog. Honestly, if Tiz ends up at five and four and just blows Cook out this week, if, if Tiz comes out and rolls off like 140 plus right. and beats Cook and just looks like his team has synced up, then. Maybe you say he, you think that right now at this moment, maybe Tiz is the best team in the league. Hot so, team. I don't know. It'll be very interesting. Yeah. As, a, as a fellow 4-4 four and four team, I, I do hope that obviously Tiz's team loses. Uh, again, looking for polarization in the league, top teams, I need you to be better, and I need to continue to separate myself from the sediment in the middle of our solution here. Mm-hmm. So, just trying to, uh, yeah. Tiz has got a ma- tough matchup. I will say, if nothing matters, Eric, do do you put forth the best effort with your team? Again, if the GM has that kind of mantra and that kind of attitude moving forward, it's hard for me to think that his players are going to get on board. I'm just going to say it. Absolutely. I'm going to say it. Yep. Braxton, yep. It's stop. a good point. Okay. It's a good point. Um, um, so, yeah, that's what we've got for number three. Number two, yeah. a very – Number two out of five. You know, a very hot take. Let me, it's let kind me, of focusing. Yeah. Does he make the playoffs? Out of the playoffs? I want to hear Is your he take. I want to hear your take on Connor F's team, what you're seeing, what you're not seeing. Again, even the likes of the personality of Connor F maybe in this fantasy football scene, maybe some difference differences yep. you've seen. Just just lay it on me. You know, Connor sitting at three and five right now. That tells me he needs to go four and one through the back stretch to make it into the playoffs. Ooh, that's I tough. 
with the amount of points uh, he's got decent points scored. I just don't see it. I just think he's going to be on the outside looking Ooh. in, which is not what I thought early in the season. But right now, I think he's going to be on the outside looking in. And you see him with the consolation blizzard. You see him starting <laughs> to feel dejected as an intelligent man who appears to have made all the right moves, has a stack team, but has just been the victim of some bye weeks, injuries, unfortunate people yeah. going against him. It's all kind of collapsed onto Connor, it seems, even though he's made very strong moves, drafted extremely well, right. uh, and for the most part has played well. So I think we're starting to see that mentally wear down on him a little bit yeah. when you make the right plays and you just can't catch the breaks that you need. But unfortunately, that is part of the game. And yeah. what's it going to be like this year when one of the most respected managers and owners of our league is going to be on the outside looking in. Speaks to the competitiveness of the league. It does. I really like the words there. I mean, obviously, we've got a, a, a million nice things that we could say about Connor mm-hmm. Fulgerson. Uh, I will say, when you surround yourself in the conversation of concession blizzards in week eight, I just think you're in the wrong posse. Okay, I just think you're in yep. the wrong crew up here because be concession, I'm not in that posse. concession blizzards are done with two and five teams. Okay, concession blizzards are done at the end of the season when you realize there's actually 0% chance that you make the playoffs and win a championship title. Concession blizzards are done then. They're not done now. So I don't like to see that from the likes of Connor, but I also know that he's smart enough. The best best thing that I can say about Connor is a story. I'm going to tell you a story. We all know the likes of famous and infamous, but mostly loved Luke Stoltz. Mm-hmm. I say his name and it reverberates around the fantasy gods uh, pond, if you will. It just it, it roars louder than any podcast Absolutely. could ever scream. Luke Stoltz is an amazing fantasy football league manager. He had one of the most stacked teams I've ever seen in my whole life. Came down in our tier two league, I believe, where he just missed. The playoffs. He played all of his cards right. Yes, he took some hard L's. Did he take some big risks on players that were going to solidify him what would have been, and we looked back on it, a playoff run and championship team. We looked back on it. He dropped crazy numbers with the team that he had when he did not make the cut for the sixth seed. But he had the best team and points for throughout the last four weeks, whatever it was. So the best thing I can tell about Connor is that he's stacked his team. He's in a lot better situation than Luke Stoltz was at the time when he had a stacked team and was eking towards the playoffs. I've got to say, Connor's going to remain strong. He's going to play the right players. And I will say, if the best thing that I can say about you is that you're going to have the best team known to mankind and you're going to find yourself on the outside of the playoffs... I'm one lucky SOB because that's the best thing that I could possibly wish for is for you to have all those guys and for you to take them down in the playoffs of the losing seed playoff bracket. So, you know, Connor, listen, if you want to drag all those good players down with you, that's fine. But I like, I think that he's going to make that sixth or fifth seed. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely possible. He's not out of it yet, but there will be a, there will be a market change in league dynamics. If, uh, if he's out and we see maybe someone like Isaac or a newcomer like Scruff sneaking in and taking his spot. Right. Um, so going to monitor that for sure. And to sum it all up, to wrap it all up, my yeah. number one, 
uh, most intriguing thing this week, which has just been sprinkled um, kind of throughout, but figured we would end with this, is just playoff implications this week. Starting to get serious. People are starting to notice the point score tiebreaker is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And that's how Ed ended up at 7-6. and six, And so many matchups this week are going to have big implications. Yourself, first P. Sweezy, both sitting at 4-4. Four four. One of you is going to be at 5-4, and four, trying to come at me and Tiz. If we lose, y'all jump us into the, those 5-6 and six spots. So that's going to be something that is going to be uh, – it's going to change what's currently in there regardless of the outcome, I would imagine. Right. You've got Connor playing Evan. I think this is Connor big. wins, if Connor wins, his streak's still alive to sneak into the playoffs. So right. a huge game for Connor. If Evan loses, he's basically totally out of playoffs. He's done. He needs, he needs to win out. Yes. He needs to win out. So he loses this, he's totally done. Um, then you've got – uh, Alex playing Tiz, another huge matchup. Tiz trying to solidify his team stuck at four and four. Uh, Cook trying to become the best team in the league and secure a bye week. Similar thing for Scruff and Kev. If you think uh, about fighting for that two seed or one seed, depending on how it shakes out, I mean, there's huge bye week implications right, in their right. matchup as well. And then Isaac and Luke playing like. Where's if Luke still going to get in the playoffs? Maybe is Isaac less going to run out? Maybe does Isaac start fighting for a buy now if he wins? Maybe I don't know. It's like every matchup <laughs> is just going to pull the strings of the league in certain directions, true. and I'm just very intrigued to see hopes and dreams being fulfilled or broken. Absolutely shattered. Week. Yes, um, yes. So I, I just think the playoff picture is going to shake up in one way or another. I'm hoping that's good news for me. Yeah. Um, and the point scored now it's getting to the point where you got to watch that too. Even if you lose, you need your team to put up big points because right. you can still be in it with losses, but your team's got to perform. For us four and four teams, that's almost just as crucial. Because right. really, I'm, I'm looking at it from the perspective I need to go three and two the next five weeks. Yeah. So I can lose this week and still be in it. But if I lose and my team put up 80 points, I'm really in a tight spot because yeah. I probably just gave up huge ground in my points scored column. Yeah. So tensions are going to be higher than ever, I think, starting this week, um, which is going to lead to, I'm hoping, a lot of good content, a lot of good chatter, and an awesome week for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to the smack talk. Uh, you are a big data person yourself. You're also a well-educated man. So when I tell you the bell curve, you know exactly mm. what I'm talking about. I'm absolutely about here. with you. <laughs> and uh, and what I will say is, you hear us talk about the playoffs a lot, okay? And here's the thing: if you are on either end of the bell curve, then this playoff talk to you, it's absolute nonsense. You're just like blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. If you're Mark, if you're Evan on this end of the bell curve, then by no means. I say playoffs, you're like. What is that? I, I'm not yep. familiar. If you're yep. Alex Cook. There are over Cook, three standard deviations yeah. away from the mean, for sure. <laughs> without question. If you're Alex Cook or you're Kevin, you're like, playoffs, blah, 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 blah. I'm but in if, there. But if you are in that bell, that that point mm-hmm. of three and four, four and four, five and four, then my friend, playoffs to you is the only thing you have to hold on to. Mm-hmm. There is a tornado outside and your house is blowing away and all you can do is hang on to the effing water heater. You need to stay Absolutely. secured. You need to get in the basement. You need to get in the tub. Playoffs is what it's all about. So you need to make this your number one priority. If playoffs to you is a noise or a sound in your ear that says, ah, I'm not interested in this, I don't want to talk about it, then my friend, you're in the wrong fantasy football league because that's all that we have to cling to in this middle bell curve section. So fight fight for your life. Fight for your life because that's all that we got out here. 
Great words and great use of the bell curve. I love the big data pool there. And it really is almost exactly a bell curve where you have two teams at the bottom, Mark and Evan, two teams at the top, Kev and um, Cook. And then you've got an adjacent lower section of two, three, and five teams, an adjacent upper section of two, five, and three teams, and then four, uh, four and four teams <laughs> that make up the middle. It's literally like a perfect bell curve That's in amazing. our league. It's That's perfect engagement. So you nailed that. Uh, great that. work. Love that. Wow. And it's so true. I mean, where you're standing there, for those eight teams that are still a part in some form of the bell curve, it's playoffs, baby. Yes, that's all that's we have. That's all that's that we have. That's what you've been doing. It's oh. all you got, and you got to kill yourself for it. You, you have to do stay whatever strong. it takes. You got to be on it. You got to have the mental fortitude to push through. You got to stay on your waivers. Trade deadlines coming soon. You got to be on it. You got to get your team ready. This is what it's all about. And as that picture starts to crystallize on if you're in or out. That is when champions are made. That is when legends are formed. That is when your place in this league, especially if you're a newcomer, begins to be cemented. That's right. So could not agree more that this is the time. This is it, people. We are in it. We are doing it. Get that out of my face. This is what you effing... You have to... Holding up the championship trophy into the camera. You have to fight for this. You have to. If you can't see this, then you're blind. You have to see it. You gotta win it. Oh, man, I put it back. I put it back. Yeah. I would also, just to let the listeners begin, I would say the most petty thing about this podcast is that the way Ben films every time when we FaceTime, it's so that the trophy is sitting right behind him in clear view every time we film, every time we record. It's sitting there in the background. I just got my ring sitting on the mantle. It's, it's just it's, so it's not, petty. It's a... Yeah. But I respect it. If I win this year, I'm going to be on one. Yeah. Just fair warning to the league. It is going to be to 150 yeah. when I win that thing. So can't blame you at all for it. Yeah. But it is mad petty. Um, okay, so that concludes our pod. One last uh, little d- topical thing here. Evan, uh, not Evan, Eric, if you were to win the championship, we talked about uh, miscellaneous deeds. I got a ring. Uh, people have talked about jackets. People talked about jerseys, and that's just being enough. I wanted to ask you, do you think that, uh, one, you would buy something to solidify your championship from when the trophy has passed on from you? And if you did, no pressure, but uh, do you know what it is that you would invest in to solidify your yes. 2019? What would be your 2019 fantasy football championship absolutely first off yes i would definitely buy something okay uh, don't know what it is i am a fan of the ring and i'm also a fan of consistency in general so i'd like the idea of people buying like similar rings and i like right. something i could wear to the draft rather easily but another part of me would also be a fan of something a little more out there mm-hmm. um something i'm throwing around in my head is an idea license plate do you get some sort of license plate car decal thing it's like number F, one fantasy F, and, like, right yeah mfb like champ 19 how like, funny would it be yeah to change the license plate or just get some sort of decorative decal like i've seen ones that they make where you like for last place we have to put it over your right. license plate it's like a, yeah. a red it says like i got last place it's pink yeah. and it says like i got last place so do they make something like that for champions so that everyone driving behind me in traffic can say this is a man who is an elite champion <laughs> of a very competitive league that would be cool 
cool. Yeah. Um, I'm not against the idea of some kind of jacket because if I'm going to buy something, I need it to be ridiculous. Yes. Like yes. I need it to be so dumb that people see it and it's like, that's the stupidest thing. Yeah, exactly. It's just so ridiculous. Like the big ring, the jacket, something on my car, yes. something so over the top that it's just perfect. So I will be getting something when I win this year, um, but yet to be determined what that is. Yeah, and I do want to hit home for any future champions out there listening to this podcast. The first step that you can do to be a champion is listen to this podcast. The second thing that you can do, uh, I mean, with big data content like this and playoff implications, the thing that we're talking about, you need, if you're a champion, you're listening to this podcast. Number two is you need to envision yourself as a champion rocking five years from now three different rings, one on your pinky toe, one on your hand, and one on your other hand as you are typing in on your computer who you're drafting next. Okay? You need to envision things like that to get you to the top of this league. So I just uh, want us all to be thinking about that in our dreams tonight as we listen to this podcast. But that's all that we got. Air J, do you have anything you'd like to tell our league, anything you, any last comments before we, we jet out of here? Um, nope, no, no, nothing crazy for me this week. Um, usually end in the pod by just teeing off on something wild and just going nuts. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's, uh, it's all positive vibes over here, feeling good. Um, I'm actually about to hop off this call and record a, oh, actually, you know, I'll stay informed. I'll just tee off on something real quick. Oh, okay. I'm ready to go. Here we go. In my typical fashion, that's it. Here's your face, Let huh? me talk to you all about group members and just the piss poor performance I am getting from my MBA classmates. For those who don't know, getting my MBA part-time through work from the great Kelly School of Business, Indiana University, having a great time. You would think some quality students, especially in terms of MBAs where this isn't mandatory. People are opting in to do this schooling, so you would expect a certain level of engagement and participation and care about other people. Just the lack of concern I'm getting from these group members. I'm about to get off here and record a presentation for my class, our final presentation, without 60% of my group who has just decided, I guess, to punt on this assignment and they do not respond to emails they do not show up for lectures it's like they just don't care it has just been so abysmal and so frustrating to try and manage to Mm -hmm. feel like not only do i have to do all the work but i have to organize all of it too to try and make you guys even care a little bit (laughs) about this assignment which is what we've been doing all semester so finally my buddy and i in the group have just for this one elected to cut them out we did not email them about this assignment we did not invite them to do the presentation with us we sent nothing i gave them over a week to say something in wow. case someone wanted to participate no emails no communication nobody saying hey this is due tomorrow you think we should do this like what's the plan nothing so i said to my buddy f them we're out here you're gonna do this we're thing ourselves. i don't want to deal with them anyway it'll be less effort let's tee it off we're in there so Amazing. very frustrated with these group members excited to be done with this class next week and this semester and get these trash people out of my life so that's where i'm at Round of applause for Eric Johnson, absolutely crushing that off the tee for a solid 360 yards in favor of a nice par five setup. Just needs to chip it on there and hit it in for a birdie to yep. finish out this class and get an A. <laughs> get an A. That's what we're looking for. But other than that, it's all positivity over here. Have a great time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> blessings. Blessings. Blessings excited, to everyone. Excited for the week. Blessings <laughs> to everybody. It's going to be a great week. Uh, we're, we're living good over here.
Oh man, that's great. Well, good luck with that. Um, if we uh, if if we have any follow up with in the group me as to how your presentation went or how the end of the class went, yes, yep, then, I, I will let you know. Yeah. Um, I will send the group an update uh, on be, how this how the grades landed and how uh, the group reacted. That'll so, be that'll be some uh, fire we'll content. Fire content. Yeah, um, that'll be something. But all right, that concludes it with Eric J. Eric, we're going to hop off FaceTime. Awesome. You have a great time. It was good chatting with you. Thanks again for joining the pod. And, uh, yeah, good luck this week. I need you to lose. Great pod. But, uh, no. I'm eating doves. I mean, <laughs> as cut to Eric Johnson gif of him making W's with his fingers and eating his fingers. Um, all right, Eric J., get to that. Uh, I, I love you. See you later. Will do. Love you, buddy. I'm out.